welcome, listeners, to episode 30, 30 of the Totally Folked podcast uh, with me, Lee, and my co-host, Joe. Hello. And we're, we've got plenty of new music again. It's, uh, it's another bumper crop, which oh, is an amazing so thing, hard, really. it's choosing. It genuinely has, uh, because we've got for you a little later uh, a bit of an interview with uh, Blair Dunlop and Ellie Gowers. So we've had to rejig things and we've not got quite as much space for the new music. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a bit of a tough call to decide what stays in the playlist. Yeah, so well done to the artists that <laughs> made the cut. Yeah. <laughs> shall we shall we start with with a with a new track from Jacob and Drinkwater? Yes, absolutely. Who, regular listeners will know we very much like this this artist. They are one of our favourites, um, and this is a new single that they released. It's um, just been released onto all of the streaming platforms. It's a song called New Capri. Don't you make us some tea Just a splash of milk for me And as you're looking so thin You better bring a biscuit tin Hey 
So from uh, New Capri, uh, which is a new single from Jacob and Drinkwater, we're going to more new music. And this is, I, I know you've told me, Anglo-French yes, group? Yes, it's an Anglo-French group. If you look at their pictures, it says bagpipes, but they're not bagpipes as we know them. Oh, these are the like, long, really ridiculously long spidery looking thing. <laughs> If a bagpipe and a spider cross paths, what would happen? Uh, that doesn't bear thinking. Um, uh, the name of the album, though, is... It's, it's called Bourdon, which apparently is French for bumblebee. I know, I've I said that in a leading way so that I wouldn't have to say yeah, the French see, word I've ever. I've taken over the, the, the um, non-English pronunciations uh, for this podcast because I have actually studied French in the past. Oh, well, there you go. See, made sense. Yeah, well, so Lee takes the Scandi pronunciations because mm-hmm. I only know about smorgasbord. <laughs> well, that'll do, really. <laughs> um, and skull. Yes, yeah, yeah. The most important word. Very good. And, and, and tack. Ah, choose and tack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we descend that into that madness. was very patronising. Can you tell even, like, I've managed to get the tone two right. Two words, two words. I can translate that. <laughs> I can smell <laughs> the patronising from here. <laughs> well, I've been saved from saying the French word anyway. Uh, but so anyway, this this album is named after bumblebees, and yes. as a beekeeper, I very much appreciated that. So, and you can just about hear, if you listen very carefully to the edit of the podcast, I'm sure, uh, a bumblebee on the beginning of the track as well. Yeah, um, and also they're playing at Purbeck Valley Folk Festival this yes. August, so get your tickets in for that. The, the lineup for that festival is always, we always say it's our favourite local festival. It is our favourite camping festival. My favourite camping festival. I don't know about Lee. Lee's, oh yeah, absolutely. Lee has yeah. spent many, many happy weekends Oh, lying, festivals lying everywhere. Sleeping under stages <laughs> and in the back of tents and things. Yeah. No, I love Perfect. We are very fond of this yeah. festival, but then the lineup this year is looking amazing. And this band have an exclamation mark in their name, so what's not to like? Absolutely. So uh, the band is called Topette, and the track that we're going to play for you now uh, with the bumblebee hidden just at the beginning is called Just Heavy. Thank you. 
So next up, we've, we're going to go to our interview. So um, yeah, we'll hand over to the other us's uh, who sat down with Blair Dunlop and Ellie Gowers to just find out a bit of everything, I guess, uh, before they played at Bournemouth yeah, Folk Club. Poke our noses in and... <laughs> <laughs> As we all want to do. Extract secrets. <laughs> and we'll catch up with you again on the other side. So we've uh, we've segued in from other Joe and Lee uh, to our interview that we've previously spoken about, and here we are. We are with Blair Dunlop and Ellie Gowers. Hello, hello, hi guys. Because uh, they are playing at Bournemouth Folk Club uh, the day that we are recording this podcast, so we've had the luck to catch them for a bit of an interview, a bit of a, sh- a chat, a banter before we get going. Um, a banter, a banter, <laughs> just banter. just the one, <laughs> just the one. <laughs> Quite a lot of our listeners will have heard your music before. We have shared some of your tracks, but let's kind of start us off. For anyone who hasn't had a chance to listen to your music yet, maybe this is the first time. Uh, Blair, how would you sort of describe your current sound? Cool. You know, genre, what kind of stuff you play? Here we go. Here we go. Um, so I probably I grew up on a diet of like uh, UK folk and West Coast Americana. So probably in between in between those two, I'd say. And if you had uh, like your latest studio release was Notes from an Island. Yeah, very good. And if you had to pick a standout track from that that kind of encapsulates that sound or is like the definitive, this is kind of a current Blair sound. Um, I'd probably go, uh, I don't know if it's the definitive, but pro- a, a decent representation. Probably my favourite track would be the first track, Spices from the East. Amazing. Uh, yeah, go and check it out. <laughs> you can sneak into an early podcast for that one. Actually. Well, yeah, indeed, yeah, and also go through your back catalogue. Yeah, yeah. Also, the the folk club we've been sharing stuff about. Like, this is one of my favourites too. Awesome, wicked, great. Good <laughs> Although time. I I can't pick a favourite from that album. Really? Yeah. Oh, actually, it's yeah, plenty I don't really like. Pushed. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not is it can't pick a favourite? It's a bit terrible. Uh, nah. <laughs> but you know, you know what it's like when you soon as you, you Ellie will tell you. You know what it's like when you record something. It's like you listen to it heavily in the mix stage, and then after then you're like oh, I don't need to ever listen to this again <laughs> um, but Spices is one that I, st- I still enjoy playing that song I'll do that one tonight um, yeah so I appreciate appreciate that you picked that one out <laughs> I feel a bit like it's an episode of Blind Day because I was going to go and the same question to, uh, <laughs> contestant, <laughs> number two. to contestant number two yeah, yeah so uh, we have played I think we've probably played almost every track from your EP we definitely have played every track yeah. from Party right. Friends like legitimately cool. as part of our gig guide as well because you've played uh, some venues that we can sort of reach out to from here because we try and our gig guide is mainly venues that we could drive to although we're probably a bit more keen than some other people yeah so two hour drive is not unheard of for us to go to the right gig <laughs> but yeah for anyone who hasn't like I say stumbled on your music just yet how would you describe where you are at the moment musically um I mean, I still feel like I'm fairly early on in my career and I still feel like I'm still listening to lots of new things and developing a sound. Um, right now, I, I think similar to Blair, actually, I, I've listened to a lot of sort of the UK folk revival scene, sort of from the 70s and, um, yeah, I guess like John Martin, Nick Drake, uh, a little bit Joni Mitchell as well, um, that, that sort of scene. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of what's guided me most over these past years. What kind of led you to writing that kind of music rather than playing the stuff that like you know when you're at school and you're listening to like Kerrang and like Radio 1 and mm. such things and so is, is that, is that, what, is that what you did when you were at school yeah what were you immersed in when you were <laughs> that kind of age like school age secondary school college so um, was it I want Kerrang for me but I used to watch the music that just I've not thought about this since they probably discontinued it do you remember VH2 
Is it VH2? Yeah. With like the music um, videos, like all like of it, MTV. All of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm like the English. era that invented MTV. <laughs> right, <so>. okay. <laughs> is VH2 a thing? Is that a thing? VH1 or VH2? Yeah, I swear, like, like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. That was, like, indie was my thing. I think, like, okay. as a, well, it's debate we've just done the northern leg and I, if I call myself northern up in like Newcastle it's absolute riots <laughs> but um, I am from the kind of Midlands slash North it's really indie growing up and that was that was what I would spend my money on would be in HMV I'd buy like just indie records that and it's now been <laughs> it's now been termed the era of a landfill indie that like early noughties like disposable <laughs> like, I don't want to drop any names yeah. but you know like, all that stuff that was kind of what I really kind of was yeah was listening to and then I think I got into folk a little bit later my parents are kind of in the uh, brought me up around folk but I never got into it until I was kind of late teens then I broke out of just listening to your radio one and, and, and whatever was on the music things and what was in HMV tried to find my own stuff and then that coincided with with YouTube blowing up so then I found like for example people like Nick Jones amazing guitarist too yeah, like, yeah. and I got really nerdily like into the technique around uh, English and uh, Celtic kind of trad guitar playing and that opened the doors to folk and then beyond that it's all the other specialist stuff and then since then it's like I think we both listen to a bit of everything now yeah 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 I mean I, I loved pop music growing up um I was a bit of a passive music listener I think mm-hmm. I just sort of listened to Blair smiling because I, I was uh, a big one <laughs> I, I love I love me a bit of One Direction and oh. <laughs> I would agree still with do. you yes. I still do do you know like ha- <laughs> some of the stuff they've been on to do like Harry Styles yeah actually Harry solo it's all good yeah. do, I mean did anyone else in this room have a Niall Horan dedicated fan page on social media <laughs> That's what I would put to the room. When you see anyone else, you are confirming that you have been there and done that. Oh, right? mate, I, I'm, I'm confirming that one of the parties sat on this particular sofa. I'm not going to say whether it's me or Ellie, but you can. Well, you heard it here first. Clearly, Blair Dunlop is a huge I mean, this was, you know, like, yeah, this I was about two years ago. You're showing, like, you're gonna... <laughs> you're showing the age gap between us. So there's only, well, there's Which like, is not very many years like at all. There's four years between us, but I feel like there's that's quite a crucial four years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think folk's a bit of a wormhole because I, as I say, like, I was always a bit of a passive music listener. I never really did music at school, didn't really want to get involved in it. Um, and then... Um, I went off to study it and sort of started listening to kind of the more like contemporary folk that you get today and sort of listen to those Spotify playlists. Um, and then I got dragged along to a, a, a session, just a session in a pub, and then met a couple of like Morris dancers through that and mm-hmm. sort of ended up going down that wormhole and I could <laughs> yeah. see Joe grimacing. <laughs> I'm not alone, I'm not, not at all, not at all. So do you Morris dance yourself? I do, I do. Are you I actually do. a member of, an official member of a side? Yes, Kinnerwood Morris, Northwest. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, okay. a, it's a group of women. <gasps> Northwest is with the... Ah, oh, female Morris. With the, with, with the, the thing. The thing. The, there's lots oh. of there's lots of oh, things. Or do you just have the things with the bells? Yeah, you've, you've got loads of different. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I still feel quite new to it, and I'm still not quite sure on all the right terminology because you do get those. Well, actually, you use the wrong word for that piece mm-hmm. of kit. Oh, so but it's a welcoming and yeah, a friendly really environment like, then. But no, it's it's a wonderful team, and it's yeah, it's it's a women's side, so it's really nice to be able to like dance along women and. 
you know, wear clogs? A, yeah, we wear clogs, got the whole shebang. It's yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. I'm not really a dancer, so it's quite nice to try something different. Yeah, I would be awful at Morris dancing. <laughs> I think it's the left-handed thing. Like I favour oh, yeah, the offbeat, so I'm always right, doing okay. the opposite yeah. of what everyone I would wants be you to do. Version of like swap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Syncopated clog Yeah, it doesn't work when you're trying to dance in like in a square or whatever. People. Well, like, it is. It, you do have to think about it a lot because some dancers like you your right leg and uh, right arm are up at the same time and other dancers it's like the opposite leg opposite arm I would be hopeless at yeah, this yeah it can get very like confusing <laughs> although but, I did um, Morris dance at Sidmouth with um, Ant who we know very well Ellie's manager Ant I was down at Sidmouth in 2019 and his younger boy wanted oh. to Morris dance so mm. I went and did a workshop with him this sounds and we had nice. we had the big staves and yeah. it was m- and little, the tatter jackets we had a we had an absolutely brilliant yeah. time it is it's a great <laughs> I was shit at it <laughs> but it was really good fun it's one of those things you just can't take it too seriously no you can't otherwise like, you, use the, you lose the fun aspect of it yeah um, I mean obviously that, that's like really trad folk to, to be involved in Morristown stuff and you play the fiddle as well not very well oh, I've I wouldn't, I've I wouldn't come play. out and say that I play it because <laughs> it's through some tunes better good. than I could <laughs> um, no, it's just a it's a nice social thing to do on the side. It's a nice kind of, I don't know. When you spend so many days writing your own music, it can get very sort of in your head and isolated yeah. about it. So it's nice just to kind of have that break and go just play some tunes down the pub. Do you find like bringing the listening thing up to date that you still listen to a lot of that kind of music? Do you listen to a lot of contemporary and trad folk in your spare time as well? Yeah, kind of definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, as Blair said earlier, like, I listen to so much stuff. I, I, I can't really listen to a lot of folk anymore because if I'm doing it all the time and you get all, like, the diddly-diddly tunes <laughs> to go yeah. back and listen to it in the car on a long drive I, yeah, so, so what would you listen to in the car then if, yeah if that's, that's my question window, what's yeah. on the tour bus playlist yeah. 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 to be fair Ellie you, you do li- you listen to everything but you listen to a fair bit of trad as well yeah I, I, I don't listen to as much trad as I I think I go in, in kind of waves but I haven't for the last few years listened to so much but funnily enough actually hanging around you more recently going to a few sessions I've really been feeling it a bit more actually in the last few months you play the fiddle don't you yeah I'm pretty serious <laughs> fair. I know one tune <laughs> Minion. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I literally, I can't play the fiddle. I'm trying to learn, but um, just uh, as I say trying to learn, I've picked up about three times. You're last. good. You're decent. I have been told I'm a natural. But no, <laughs> yeah. um, now on the tour playlist, though, there's loads. Well, uh, what were we, what were we listening to? Right, should we just Fiona throw in Apple? Fiona Apple yeah, yesterday. One. John Mayer. Um, uh, they have quite like a lot of um, Coldplay, like, loads of oh, Coldplay, so like, nah, but early what? Coldplay, like first two yeah. records. <laughs> good, so that, good, great records, really, really great good. records. Um, but a lot of like electrical folk, electrical, like folk electronic sort of stuff yeah. as well, like um, elephant sessions and oh, okay, um, yeah. like we had uh, Emar on as well, didn't we? Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, the best bit. So, w- walking music. We've been having um, Aeneas Mitchell's new album. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, we've not yeah. asked anyone to put it on. And th- we've had it like two or three times where people have just put it on and we're like, um, did, I'm like, Ellie, up. did you tell them to like, and they're like, no, we just love this record. I was like, yeah. oh my. And the best one was in Glasgow, first gig. Carla, who was doing the sound. We were chatting, we had a lovely sound check, we were chatting pedals and then um, like just nerd stuff and then 
as people walk in to play the Nais, first gig of the tour, we're like, boom, good start. It's gonna be a good yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on at the end, she started playing Liz Stringer, who's my probably my most listened to artist the last couple of years, Australian singer songwriter. And like, not really on the same circuit, you know. Liz, I think Liz used to live over here, but she's not. I don't see her and like Anais as even though they're not worlds apart. It's not like every day that someone would know both of them, both of their back catalogs like intimately. And I was like, this is so weird. And just thought, oh, it's probably just coincidence. And then went up to Carla at the end, and I was like, mate, Liz Stringer. And she's like, Liz Stringer's the best artist ever. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell him. I was like, preach. Um, so yeah, that's that's my big. Uh, that's yeah, she's my favourite at the moment actually. Yeah, go and listen to her. She's awesome. We, we did play some. Uh, we played something from the new album, I think. Uh, Brooklyn Bridge? Mm. Anais Mitchell, yeah. yeah. Anais, Anais, oh, Anais, Anais Mitchell. Yeah, Anais is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a real Café Del Mar vibe, I think, for that, that album, mm. even though it's not, like, electronica. No, it's got... It's, it's got that kind of vibe. It's really, really it chilled. Trad. It was, like, trad duo well, stuff with Jefferson. Jason Hamer, yeah. yeah, so that record, Child Battles, oh, look, we love that record, yeah. don't we? So that's... that's I first met Anais doing Nick Jones. Well, I mentioned Nick Jones earlier. So he had, for those of you who don't know, he's an amazing trad singer, singer and arranger, brilliant guitarist. Um, and he had an accident in the 80s coming back from Glossop uh, Folk Club. It's a road that we did. Snake Pass. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really dangerous road. The guy road, from Le- yeah. Def Leppard lost his arm there, the drummer from Def Leppard. It's like a notoriously dangerous road. And you but told me this just about just before yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's also like it's really beautiful it's yeah. through the peaks and well, uh, yeah anyway um, from kind of from where I'm from Sheffield-ish to, towards Manchester he had an accident and then didn't play for years um, and then came back and he, he can't play anymore but he he sings and his son was playing guitar and he's got a really distinctive style and his son was actually playing like pretty much the same as Nick Jones but left handed it was the trippiest thing it was really cool been off the radar for like you know over a decade and Aeneas I did a couple of shows uh, when he first came back and there was lots of tribute gigs and Aeneas had um, arranged some of his stuff then she did the trad album with um, uh, Jefferson Hamer but in and around that she'd released a folk opera called Hades Town which some of you may have heard of has now gone on they adapted it it was just a folk opera but Mm -hmm. then they adapted it for stage was it the we saw it at the National um, before we knew each other uh, and then um, and then it was she's won Tony Awards on Broadway and so she just spans everything she's just so great she does the trad stuff she does her own stuff she can do the musical theatre stuff like she's just ace huge mm. huge fans of Anais well I see uh, my, my next question was going to be is there anyone around at the moment who you find particularly inspiring but I feel you have adequately <laughs> taken that into account now. yeah well there's, there's oh, you could go for yeah, everything you you? I'll let Ellie speak for a minute I mean, I, I think just um, at the moment, like, there's, I think there's always that argument in, in the folk world that, oh, the young generation aren't going to take this under their wing and look after it properly. But at the moment, there's so many young people taking these old songs and rewriting them and rearranging them into contemporary arrangements. And I, I do find that quite inspiring, the fact that we are sort of taking it under our wing and keeping it going where people think that... It might not be. Um, I think the Celtic scene is like particularly strong. Like yeah. we were we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah, like the Celtic trad scene is it's thriving, and the audiences are young, the bands are young, and the tunes are obviously really old. But the setting of them, like for example, Elephant Sessions, mm. our friends, 
wicked band dan- like proper disco band yeah uh, party party <laughs> yeah. party band yeah um playing tunes um well gathering the same absolutely yeah, love yeah. gathering absolutely yeah um and there's loads of there's loads of great kind of party uh, party uh, groups and i just feel that I, I feel like it's more absorbed in mainstream culture and the in the celtic tradition than it is perhaps in england yeah, definitely. Yeah. um and that, um, we could go into why that is i don't really have any answers for that but that's something i've really noticed um yeah So, uh, so back to the, the real current buses, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, that was the first half of our interview with Blair and Ellie. Um, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned our gin. No, it's, well, I think this is probably quite an early mention, as, as, as Jim mentioned again. <laughs> Actually, sometimes we drink enough that I forget. <laughs> At the end of the podcast, before we get to this point. But yes, it's another homemade fruit gin, folks. Mm-hmm. This, this has is been good. a bit of a, an ongoing theme during COVID times. Um, but this is a homemade Victoria plum gin. And people who were listening back in, oh, I don't know, the f- 2020 lockdowns, ah, I the think. the depths of despair, yes, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> when we were drinking f- homemade fruit gin and Prosecco cocktails just because it was lockdown. <laughs> and that lockdown went on for a very long time. Oh, it did. And we did drink all of the fruit gins and quite a lot. And a lot of Prosecco. Quite a lot of the Prosecco. My God, <laughs> I think I joked I could have filled a swimming pool. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I said back at that time, um, it was the finest fruit gin that I'd ever sampled. It was, um, I'd been given a, gi- a gift of a, a bottle by a friend in January 2020. And it got us through, I don't know, about three weeks of lockdown, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good going for a gin for us. I don't know. It was, well... It's a moderately sized bottle. Um, that was good. So in homage to this gin, I planted a Victoria plum tree in my garden. It's going to literally rinse and repeat now forevermore. <laughs> so far hasn't even yielded a flower of blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, my parents also grow Victoria plums and they gifted me two large bags of them at Christmas. And I've made gin. Oh, it's good. It is nice. And we're drinking it with ginger ale. The ginger ale, yeah, ginger which I quite like. plum. It's yeah. really warm, uh, warm so and rich. It's another revelation, folks. You don't need Prosecco in your fruit gin. <laughs> you can also have I ginger ale. Surprise myself. <laughs> this is me being very disciplined. You said earlier, no, we, we can't I open the Prosecco. I've got to be sensible. I've got, I do. He's got a job to go to tomorrow. Oh, there's so much stuff on. <laughs> I don't know, I've absolutely got like the gig of gigs in my head that we're going to in a couple of weeks' time together, and I, I need to be on form for that. So is is like, that India Electric Company yes. at Bournemouth Folk Club? <laughs> No, although they are playing at Bournemouth Folk Club. No, I'm thinking of uh, getting all the way up to London. Yes, India Electric Company's tour starts next week and I'm going to all four of the first <laughs> gigs. <laughs> this is like athlete training. I'm preparing myself <laughs> to get there. But, but, but we are... We, more about them later. <laughs> absolutely. For now, we have more new music. Yes. And this is um, from the Dry Stones. Uh, and um, it's a new album. Uh, it's called Volpus. It's out now. It's available to buy. And the track itself is called How Soon Is Normal. Um, yeah, which it sounds like an orbital track title there, which is not uh, not um, an inappropriate No, uh, Yeah, actually, when you think of the description. kind of the textures in the track. Yeah, this is electronica meets folk music, which is... Yeah. <laughs> which is the best, P- best fusion. Yeah, so I'm very fond of the old dance music, so stick a fiddle on it and I'm happy. So many euphemisms, so little time. Uh, but yes, uh, we'll leap in to the dry stones, and this is how soon is normal. 
vibes in that one. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah. Amazing fiddle playing. I know I could get bogged down in the technicality I've been told of before, but that is like <laughs> top level fiddling. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it again. Um, but I, I was very <laughs> fond of the guitaring. Yeah. It's very warm, summery kind of vibes. Yeah, it wouldn't have the same feeling without that behind it all. Mm. And of course, they're touring, they're playing with Evan Carson on percussion live. So you've got that kind of, um, well, the proper beat and the rhythm behind it. All of the beats. All of the beats. <laughs> all of the beats, all of the bass. <laughs> uh, but we should head back to our interview, part two of the interview, um, where we're going to jump back in where we are just having a chat with Blair about when we caught up with him at Gate to Southall, which was, I think, the first time I I met him, certainly. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I think we'd already booked him for the Folk Club yes. at that point, off the back of his lockdown performance. Oh, the uh, online Friday night evening with at Downend. Yeah. Hour or so with. Yeah, and so it was the first chance to actually see him play live. And oh, it was amazing. He, he was, was so there with, with the trio, as you will hear. Yeah. So we'll leap back in to our interview. We uh, we hadn't played a gig together for um, for like three years. Like obviously, everyone everyone was a little bit rusty, and it was obviously it was a decent slot and a kind of like evening set on the big stage. And I was thinking, ah, this is a little bit dicey, really, because we hadn't we'd, we'd done like a little bit of a run through before uh, in my room, in like my room at like midnight. And like kept my mum up like, all night, <laughs> but it was one of those where I was like, actually, I'd rather have done it at the time. I was like, I'd rather be doing a solo because I've actually had a couple of solo gigs, even if it's not like suited to a bigger stage. I just know that I can, I can, I can at least like get to a certain level. Whereas this could be like anything, but it turned out it's probably my favourite set of the summer, and it was so great to play with them again because I love Fred and JJ, and it's been such a long time off, and uh, it's just nice to. That's the thing that we all crave, doesn't it? Playing yeah. in a room with like, with other people. Yeah. That's why I yeah. love being with Ellie. It's not just because it's another person. Obviously, Ellie's amazing, but it's that collaborative aspect of it of just like sharing music with someone. That's yeah. we've all we've all missed that. And that's yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. So you've obviously been playing together on this tour, but have you been writing together as well? Not yet. Not yet. It's a plan, isn't it? Yeah, we will do. Yeah. 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 So you 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 played you play each other's songs or are you playing like covers or what so are we gonna we, 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 should we wait for the surprise later no, no. Well, <laughs> the we won't be surprised by the time we play the podcast no this yeah, is true yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> i think the main focus for you at the moment is your, your yeah so music I, coming out yeah so i've been recording um i've been recording a new ep and um so well when we first met well we only met over summer in and around gates Southern actually that was the first time we properly spent any time together yeah. and um I, I, w I had an album ready to go. I can't really talk too much. I can't really go into detail about it. Basically, I'm releasing music, but it was going to be a record. Now it's going to be a couple of EPs this year, and like there's loads of things to sort out. But we just finished recording the first whack of it, and it's like it's. I'm really happy with it. It's cool. Um, and Ellie sang on it, and she's she's great. And I got some other friends to play on it, and I'm, oh, it's it's all going to be good. But I had more than the four tracks that are going to go on the EP ready to go. And when we were getting stuff together I was when I was doing demos to send to the label and stuff Ellie was lending her voice to all of those so she actually knows a load of my new songs that no no one knows so when we were getting stuff together for the tour it was kind of the focus was around 
my new things and but I actually really want to start playing on you know like as the tour goes on you get to know early songs yeah, better. yeah. Like, could hear myself on that one actually yeah <laughs> but um but I don't want to muscle in but um we're also doing a Gillian Welch cover which Ellie recommended and I love Gillian Welch yeah it's a great song yeah. love doing that cool yeah so you've got new music coming out as well that we can talk about we can can't talk, we Ellie we can absolutely talk about it yeah I'm bringing out some new music towards the end of the year um, and have a couple of exclusive uh, launch shows before that in May to sort of celebrate the release of it. Um, but it, the, the sort of themes within it are all based on Warwickshire folklore and events and stories and people who have kind of lived there and existed there. Um, I'm from Warwickshire. That's that's the link there, not just a random <laughs> <laughs> choice. Um, but. Yeah, obviously over lockdown, moved back home because I'm a musician and don't have any money and spent a lot of time rediscovering the area and falling back in love with places that I'd forgotten about. Um, and yeah, just researching some really interesting things that happened there and really important things as well, which we never got taught at school. So yeah, I learned a lot um, about the, the local county and yeah, it was really fun to write, really, really fun to write. Uh, any of the songs that are kind of creeping onto that record things that you've already performed live yeah a couple of them so it's I decided to start this album after I graduated uni in 2019 um, and as I said sort of moved back home wasn't really sure what I was going to do next so focus so tried to sort of focus myself on a single project and um, most of the tracks I say maybe half the tracks got written fairly organically over those first sort of couple of years um, the rest got finished about a week before we recorded the album. <laughs> um, but yeah, so most of them had, had sort of uh, arrived fairly organically over that period. And um, obviously we had lockdown, but I managed to do a couple of festivals and gigs where I managed to try some new material out um, and it all went down well. Um, I mean, so that sounds like it's got quite a historic leaning. Is there anything that's kind of brought it up to date as well in terms of contemporary issues? And yeah, area? oh, absolutely. It's been so interesting because some of the issues that they had back there, like, um, so, for example, there, this story annoyingly didn't actually make it onto the album, but um, there's a place called Ox Hill, which is just south of Warwickshire, um, in the, sorry, south part of Warwickshire, and um, there's a slave grave there in a churchyard for um, a lady, well, we assume it was a lady, we're not sure, uh, called Matilla. Um, and we don't know anything about them. We just know that they were a slave over here. We don't know how old they were, um, whether they were male, female, whoever. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fascinating thing because obviously they wouldn't have had that back then to sort of have their grave right at the front of a church for everybody to see um so that was a really interesting thing to explore and um that sort of you know ties back to I, I wanted to sort of look into things like that with the you know the black lives matter movement i thought yeah, it was really yeah. important to sort of um to find those stories within within the county um and then there's also um sort of tied back to things that are happening today uh when we had, well, with the ongoing refugee crisis, we have a lot of people um, coming to the big hotel in the centre of Kenilworth, um, and they, they sort of let out those those rooms for the refugees. Um, and a similar sort of thing happened back in World War Two when Coventry was blitzed. Um, and I think it was a couple of nights after the Coventry blitz where they had a couple more um, airstrikes um, 
people whose houses had been damaged in Coventry, they moved them over to Kenilworth onto this road called Abbey Abbey Road. Um, Abbey Road, uh, uh, Abbey End, sorry, Abbey Road. That's not the road. <laughs> that's, some, that's somewhere <laughs> yeah, completely different. Name, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, place called Abbey End in Kenilworth. And so they, they moved in there and people sort of let them into their homes, brought them in. Um, and then the following night, they all got bombed out as well, oh. which is quite a depressing story, but sort of goes back to that thing of people sort of welcoming welcoming them in, whoever they might be, wherever they might come from. Um, so that was a really sort of interesting thing to explore. Because we've seen you perform as well, uh, songs touching on all of the issues that have been thrown up by HS2. Yeah. Kind of crashing through that bit of the countryside. Is that kind of theme made an appearance on the album? That kind of in- yeah, environmental crisis, I suppose you yeah, could call it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that is very much on the album. Amazing. Um, yeah, I won't go into it too much because I can talk you about <laughs> it. You're ranting for hours on that one. <laughs> very horrible and very upsetting to see. And yeah, it's completely ruined our countryside. Um, yes, it's not pretty at all. No, I do think for so many reasons that's had a massive impact. A few of my friends are archaeologists who've been working on rescue archaeology along the, the track route. Oh, okay. And the amount of really fascinating places that will be... Yeah. buried indefinitely yeah. is frightening let alone the actual environmental well, impact well yeah the habitat destruction yeah. as well and yeah. all that ancient trees that are getting cut yeah, down we've had, yeah, we, I mean, we're, yeah we've got so many ancient woodlands around us and they've all just been taken down not even like where the track is going but like for miles around the oh. track and it's like why like what is the point just yeah so going back um, to the creative process so you've bo- both worked with producers when you're recording your music so you, I know who you've worked with. Annie. This new album is uh, you've working with Kate Rusby's producer Josh Clark. Yeah. So yeah. Um, when you go into the studio, are you going in like with fully formed ideas in your head of what um, your songs should sound like, or how much influence is, is the producer having in sort of, um, the creative process and the arrangements and yeah, instrumentation? Yeah, it's, um, it's always quite nerve wracking going in to record a big project with somebody you don't really know because. Obviously, there's like that working relationship of producer and musician, but there's also like you have to get on. And so, if you're stuck in a studio with somebody for two weeks where you don't see eye to eye, it you know it could be a ball ache. Yeah. So it, you know it, it can be quite a, a tough thing to navigate. And thankfully, like Touchwood, I've not had that happen to me yet. But yeah, Josh was wonderful, and I went in with some songs that were kind of fully formed. Um, and some songs where, you know, as I say, I finished writing some of them a week before, had, didn't really know what I wanted to do with them. But I think it's always good to sort of leave space there, even if there is a fully formed idea. It's quite nice to give it a chance to breathe. And if other people have ideas, it's always good to sort of hear them out. And yeah, it was very collaborative. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really, really great working with him. Top bloke. How about you, Vila? Do you are you um, st- strongly opinionated or? Oh, producers, they're you all. Like they're all, they're all <laughs> no, no. I've been really lucky. I've worked with some great producers. Um, so the last, I won't go through everything, uh, but the last, uh, the last studio record was produced by a guy called Ed Harcourt, who's a, a great singer-songwriter in his own right. And that was really fun. He's crazy, crazy guy. Ask anyone who knows him. He's just this wild uh, renegade, <laughs> just like a whirlwind kind of guy. But he's great. He was all about fostering a, a, a vibe within the room and wanted to get things down live uh, as possible. I mean, different people got different ways of working. The latest EP uh, is produced by um, a guy called Ian Grimble. 
absolute legend, lovely, lovely guy, and did a lot of stuff that I loved growing up as a kid. Uh, a lot of kind of more on the indie side of things, um, but a lot of records that I uh, loved and and but and not the landfill indie side. Yeah, I'm going, he's just like on the front end of that. So it's like Travis, the big Travis record, The Man Who, which I love, yeah, and yeah. Manic Street Preachers, and like cool stuff, stuff I really liked. But I would just say just before Landfill, you know, just before Landfill. Uh, and then uh, more recently, kind of uh, more um, uh, commercial end of new folk like Mumford's and Laura Marling, people like that. But he's yeah he's been wicked. He he, with the, he was more about separation, which for the, for the for the purposes of this project and the way that is the the way the, how the songs have come out and the instrumentation, um, I think it's it's right because we're still trying to find the sound in the mix stage. So it's more about trial and error and separation. So we can we, okay we don't want it. We're gonna kind of build things up arrange things as we go and I've really enjoyed that end of it you know I've kind of done a mix of various different um, uh, kind of approaches through my records and um, I'd, maybe, I'd maybe say that I've enjoyed the, the latest one the most actually he's just a great guy it makes such a difference when you get when you get on with the people but I've been, I've been really lucky I've always worked with nice people well we were talking to uh, Joe and Cole of Indie Electric Company about this kind of thing like the difference between studio recording mm. and live performance and you know the arrangement kind of process yeah like do you see yourself predominantly touring something as a soloist and thinking how do I blend in all this stuff I did with the band on the album is, is there like a real conscious effort to rearrange stuff yeah live? no I, I um in the past I've been guilty because I've basically I've always played live and I've been lucky in that I've just always kind of kept that facet of music in of, of being a musician um like the central kind of pillar of of um of what i do on a day-to-day -day basis generally I, I like to be on the road as much as i can and i like to be able to reproduce what is on a record live so i've always kind of approached it from the side of well this is me live let's just like capture that and kind of and, and put that on record but more recently I'm like well that is good and well and that can be really cool but that also limits a lot of the possibility that can come from working working things up in the studio and that's something I've kind of ignored really for the for the last for the, for, the, for most of my 20s really so I'm really enjoying like building things up in the studio now and, and think oh we could put a bit of that on and then oh, I'll put acoustic track down then I'll put an electric track of swells down on top and then yeah, we could yeah. and I don't I'll worry about reproducing it when I you know when I when I come to it I can I can amalgamate it for solo I can amalgamate it for whatever band I'm touring with at the time um, just think of it as a moment and and just don't don't be as prescriptive about like what you know how I'm going to take it on the road so I'm enjoying I'm enjoying that end of it, but there's no right or wrong, you know. Some of my favourite records are p predominantly live performances, and that's I guess where I like music with space in it generally. So that's probably why I've uh, previously kind of lent towards the live end of things. But um, yeah, like I say, I'm enjoying working in a different way at the minute. So no, Ellie, on your EP, you have like a bit of a dream team actually of performers, and you you have performed with some of them live. You mm. had um, Lucas Drinkwater and Alex Gardner as the trio didn't you yeah yeah Alex Garden and Lucas Drinkwater um yeah both fantastic people really lovely to work with um yeah it feels like a lifetime ago <laughs> now that we recorded that EP um 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've always found sort of the difference between live performances and sort of studio works really interesting. I think like when I was starting out, if I'd recorded something and I had like specific things in specific places, I'd be like, oh, well, on stage, like, I've got to have that there. I've got to mm-hmm. like find a way to recreate it. But I think there's something so nice about just having them as separate things. And I think for the audience as well, if you've, if you've listened to the album or the EP and you know exactly how it sounds, to hear it live exactly how it sounds might not be as special as hearing it played slightly differently or... Yeah, there's something yeah. for what you get sure. in the moment when yeah, it's live. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's like, that's I totally agree with well. that. Like, in the moment, there's that energy there that you mm. just don't really get on, yeah. on recordings. And the mistakes are different every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're never quite sure what's going to happen. Some musicians really beat themselves up about the mistakes, though, but I just think they've gone in a second and no one remembers them. but they feel. I know it's a bit cliche, but it's true, I think. Yeah. You remember what you enjoy about the game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. are you, is the new material kind of still having that that kind of layered effect in the studio? Or have you gone for like a really live feel? Um, so, yeah, it, there's definitely, there's lots of layers to it and stuff that we probably can't recreate live at all. Um, but I'll be honest, I've actually really not played any of the new material live yet. Ooh, I'm still okay. sort of scared. Nah, you got, you got um, I've got Ribbon one, Weaver. I've got Ribbon I'm, Weaver. Right? Yeah. I'm thinking of, I can think of at least two that are on the album. Actually, yeah, to, what am I saying? Yeah, actually, to be fair. Actually, my whole like, set is new. Yeah, my whole set is new. No. Yeah, actually, ignore me. There are a couple of them which I've played live before. I think as Fine. we get through the tour, you're going to just like drop. Just drop keep going. Yeah. yeah, just break yeah, it in. Like, I think yeah. That's, yeah, I'm just like. You'll get bored in a couple of days. I've played them and I'm like, I don't like this anymore. It's well, a tough luck because you've got to spend the next it. two years promoting yeah. this album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suck um, it up. No, yeah. So yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just trying things out this tour and seeing what people like and hope that they like it because they're going to have to because it's recorded now. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Much like our podcast interview more or yeah, less yeah we are running out of time <laughs> it's been so lovely to have you both here but we do have a bit of a tradition with the, are, we totally doing, are we doing the quick fire we have to try the quick fire I think I'm going to time it and Joe is going to quick fire alright okay can now, I just say they asked me what I liked for breakfast and it took me about 20 minutes to reply well so this, 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 this has got to be instant answer instant and answer yeah and what so it's, random it's, stuff. it's either ors and oh, you've got okay. to pick one or the other so no discussion no explanation we've seen sibling duos torn apart uh, yeah. 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 is this like a competition do we have to say the same thing you can make it a competition if you want we'll probably end up making a competition <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like no. Mr and Mrs but you're not actually a couple um, you've got to try and guess what each other's going to say okay just got to make some snap decisions you don't both have to answer but um, uh, we didn't we didn't add any extras to the list oh, we don't need extras where okay. we're going I All should right. put a minute on the clock okay are you ready mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. three two one Cats or dogs? Cats. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Star- I've not really seen either. Sorry. So uh, apologies. Stars. Quick stars. The kids that haven't lived, have they? Simpsons or Family Guy? No. Family Guy. Oh, I'm so boring. I don't. I, they cre- give me the creeps. <laughs> Bagpipes or banjo? Uh, banjo. banjo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Animal. Uh, uh, Cotswold or Border? Cotswold. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, ketchup or mayonnaise? Ketchup. That was d- two okay. for ketchup. Oh, you can come again. <laughs> Horror or comedy? Comedy. <sighs> Depends. Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. And not Facebook. I know it's owned by it, but. <laughs> pop or indie? Pop. 
Oh. I know, I know. Oh, yeah, I know, controversial there. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> 11 year old me, Jake. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. So, scone or scone? Scone. You oh, oh, that is un- that's ridiculous. Final question. Final question. Jam or cream first? Cream. Jam. jam first. Cream. Jam. I don't know. Jam first. Ooh. I haven't had one in so long. I've forgotten how I have it. I feel well, like cream you were wrong, first because it's you for like. Answering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really has been absolutely lovely having you to chat with. Um, we are recording this just before your performance at Bournemouth Folk Club, uh, so any of our audience members who are also regular listeners will have seen the wonder that is about to unfold before us. Yeah. So um, just before we go, where can people find out more about you if they would like to listen to more of your music, buy your records? Tickets. The internet. Yes. <laughs> Trying to <laughs> narrow that down. <laughs> so you at elliegowers.com or .co.uk? Com. elliegowersmusic.com. Amazing. Uh, I'm international, mate. Bledonlock.com, at Bledonlock, I think, on the socials. Come and say hi. So, right, well, will that go back to uh, Lee and Joe in the other Toby Folk studio? Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That was a lovely chat we had with with Blair and Ellie, and also was a very lovely gig. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, it was so good. Blair's set was incredible. Ellie's was incredible. The stuff they did together just had like everyone hanging on, and the the call for the encore was was rowdy and genuine, which was <laughs> always a good sign. Always yeah, a good sign. Their voices sound so nice together. And the Gillian Welch cover was just spot on, definitely. And so now on, on to more gigs. We, uh, we, we, it's an abbreviated gig guide because actually there's not as many gigs on this April as there were last month. So we've not had to be quite so savage with the cuts. <laughs> no. Um, and um, yeah, so um, the day that this show goes out, um, Hannah, James and Toby Cooner at Forest Arts in New Milton and also Lucy Ward at the Lighthouse in Paul. So if you're, uh, if you're listening... On Friday morning. If they, yeah, this is and Friday morning. Go and buy those tickets now. We played, we played tracks from them last month, um, thinking that most people listening to this podcast would miss <laughs> that date. Uh, but this Sunday, the 3rd of April, the Square and Compass is bringing its Sunday gigs back. And they've got the Brothers Gillespie on. And I caught up with them at um, Manchester Folk Festival back last October. It was the first time I got a chance to see them play live. And... They've got a new album out, which we've listened to, and it's lovely. It's really lovely. I'm very much enjoying listening to it. Yeah, in fairness, I would happily have chosen almost all of the tracks, really, uh, to give you a bit of a taster of what they sound like. But the the track that we've gone for is called Pilgrim's Song. Uh, just remind me of the name of the album. Uh, the Merciful Road. So this is from The Brothers Gillespie. Silent mountain pine 
Now, this is the bit of the gig, guys, uh, where we talk about Bournemouth Folk Club, which uh, we do run, but it's legit because this gig is happening within where we live uh, during this space of time. (laughs) Uh, So on the the 9th of April, we've got India Electric Company joining us, and they are being supported by Jack Cookson. Um, And he is just... It's really hard to sum him up. He's an incredible writer, a great lyricist, Mm. tackles a lot of uh, contemporary issues, you know, definitely without shying away from them and with a great turn of phrase as well. And on top of that, you know, he's got a great voice. Oh, he's amazing. He's, yeah, and a great guitarist. Really, really, yeah, absolutely amazing guitarist. And when you wrap all of that together into the package that is Jack Cookson, you get an incredible performer as well. Um, he's He's a good entertainer. And we've played some of his music recently. I think we played PCAP, uh, which I think in a roundabout way describes being stuck to all the kind of social media and technology in a possibly slightly toxic way. Yeah, his recent uh, um, songs have been very sort of direct in their tackling of quite difficult issues. And, yeah, he's not afraid to talk about things that people sort of brush under the carpet, like male mental health and toxic masculinity. And I love the fact that he's a feminist as well. He's on our side. <laughs> we've rambled on quite a lot. We should play the track. And so we've, gone, we've gone back to the archives for some vintage Jack. Yes, we have, yes. Yeah, so we're going to play a track called Nebraska, which is off his first album, which is called Revolting Resolve.
Next up, we have Indra Electric Company. And we picked a favourite of ours. Just a little bit. There, there was a time after you had introduced me to their music. Uh, I think this was the first track of theirs I ever heard. And we've said before, for so many people, it's just one song and then yeah. hooked forever. Uh, yeah. But we then saw them at Cambridge Folk Festival. Yes. At the Den, in right. the Den Tent. But apparently we heckled them a lot. We I, did heckle them remember, quite a lot, I don't yes. remember all I remember of the heckling. you... Uh, absolutely pointed to like this space at the front of the stage and said okay we found our place to sit this is our chairs now and we we got comfy on the bean bags and the rugs and then we spent i feel like maybe we we did over egg heckling for this particular song because it's the one we knew take no responsibility the one you knew <laughs> okay well yeah true so it might have been partly down to me as well uh, which they did take with good humor um they didn't play it at that gig yes it was much no we're not playing that one <laughs> Uh, that was the gig of Joe's really short shorts and uh, the phenomenal yes. accordion playing. Just you to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's play the track. It's a track called The Thought Fox and it we have it has a very very special place in our hearts. Absolutely. To our server movement now and again and now. A page is printed without a how From a body that is bold Cold prints wearing rain Shadows yet to see Through a clearing sits again And again In a midnight's movement's thoughts A window stares with ease Trees begin with a life of hopeful alibis. Cast offs counter in delight. In a motionless and writer's songs and seeds. The thought fox won't leave. The thought fox won't retreat. All alone, you must believe. So he don't need those thoughts. The thought fox won't leave. The thought fox won't retreat. All alone, he must believe, so he don't need those thoughts.
mentioned that that, that, that that was India Electric Company who were playing at Bournemouth Folk Club on the 9th of April but India Electric Company fans you have two other chances to see them within the catchment area of this podcast later in the month at the Marine Theatre on the 28th of April and then at the David Hall in South Petherton on the 30th of April and I can tell you absolutely promise you more than seven times is not too many times to see them on one tour <laughs> no have absolutely done this myself why would you not because one of the things we said before is that almost every night that they play there is something slightly different i mean yes it depends on the instruments that they've got with them on that particular night yeah and if there's a piano yeah. in the venue they'll play the piano oh, they've got russell amazing. field with them who's midge's drummer so they're touring as a trio on this tour which in itself is Thing that no one's ever seen before oh yeah it's an amazing energy as well yeah now if you'd like to get in touch with us this is the point where we normally forget to tell you uh, that you can find us uh, <laughs> by looking up totally folked uh, we are on facebook and we did um kind of after a few begrudging starts get ourselves onto instagram yeah they finally let us in they did let us in uh and you can email us on totally one at gmail.com which we did check uh yes and people have emailed us so thank you very much for getting in touch and and we would love to hear from you if you'd like to tell us what you think of our podcast absolutely or make suggestions for artists that we don't know that we should be playing yeah if you think there's someone we should be listening to let us know uh or maybe there's a gig that we haven't thought about that kind of thing we absolutely love the live music scene so yeah do get in touch are we going to play out with a little bit of the gigs by the big band? I think we should, yeah. They're playing so, at, the, at the David Hall in South Petherton on the 22nd of April. So we're going to play you out with uh, a track from uh, the gig spanner Big Band. And the track itself is called Awake, Awake. Awake, awake, you drowsy sleeper. Awake, awake, it's almost day. How can you lie in sleep and slumber? And your true love going far away Say my love, go ask your mother If you my bride, my bride she'll be If she says no, love, come and tell me She holds it. 
mountain, some lonesome valley, and spend my weary.